All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're just going to continue on mixing up our recording times here. I think we recorded on a Monday, the last one, usually recording on a Tuesday. Here we are recording Wednesday for our Wednesday drop. Uh, it's January 11th of 2023. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode, but if I did, it's Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys are ready for some playoff football. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of DFS. If you're unfamiliar with our podcast, as we transition away from the fantasy season into the playoffs of uh, the NFL, we do a little bit of DFS. And we'll talk a little bit about that once we get to that segment. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs and who's in the playoffs, who's playing who, et cetera. And then we're going to start getting into some of that content as well, too. So before we get started here, we'll say hello to the fellas and then we'll uh, we'll get the episode rolling. So uh, Armin, we've got him back with us in action here. Uh, Armin, what's uh, what's going on here? We're, we almost had to run without you. I know you're down sick with the flu for a bit there, but we got you on board. So what's been keeping you busy? Uh, you know, it was, it's just been that flu, man. I caught it Saturday night, had a splitting headache, and it sounds like it's the same thing everyone's been getting sinus, just plugged right up. And um, I went back to work today, and there's a dodgeball tournament going on at lunch hour at school, and just the 10 minutes of dodgeball. Um, I think I threw three balls and dodged like two and I was dizzy from that. So I'm not a full hundred yet, but uh, getting there, getting there. Yes, uh, this is your flu game, Armin. We had mine earlier in the year and this this is your flu game. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what's uh, what's been keeping you busy? Uh, first week back to work for me. So I'm sure you guys don't have much pity for me having the extra couple of days off, but it, it is a struggle bus right now. I am zapped. Yeah, I man, that Friday. So we were back on the Wednesday, and it was a three day week. I was toasted by that Friday. So like, this is your third day. That would have been like us. It was, it was a grind. I, I mean, I'm still pretty pooched right now, but uh, I can only imagine you on your first week back. <laughs> um, been keeping busy, man. Been keeping busy. Uh, it's with a heavy heart that my Detroit Lions are not in the playoffs. That's uh, very unfortunate. We'll talk about that a little bit here, but. Uh, been keeping busy. It's uh, work's work's been awesome with the kids back coaching basketball, same as usual. So just uh, you know, keeping busy. But um, talking about the playoffs here. Uh, before we get into some of the content, just want to remind you at home if you're listening and once again if you're not familiar, uh, we did the charity we did the charity league this past little bit, and that's our kind of our big one, you know, a big ticket items. And then we start getting into the charity bracket challenge, which is on right now, and then we have our charity Super Bowl event as well which is kind of our pinnacle we did last year. Uh, but the Charity Bracket Challenge is up and running. Uh, if you want to submit a bracket, it's $25 a bracket for your chance to win uh, one of two signed jerseys, a 22 fresh package, and then there's a third place gets a 306 hat, uh, along with maybe some other small prizes as well too. So if you want in on some of those prizes and opportunity to win some awesome stuff and do great work for charity, uh, check out our social media pages. Uh, it's on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, you'll be able to fill a bracket, send it to us, and we'll kind of get you through some of the electronic money transfer or how to get us that money, et cetera, from there. So another opportunity to do great work for charity and Jim Pattison Media Company and the, and the Children's Hospital. Uh, so we'll be hopefully making a nice lump sum donation at the end of the fantasy season. So find yourself on social media and, and get part of the uh, Charity Bracket Challenge. Um, before we get into the uh, the uh, NFL playoffs here, we had our the college a uh, uh, college finale on the Monday night as Georgia took on TCU. Um, and I don't think it was, uh, you know, it wasn't much of a ball game. We, 
we were talking about recording Monday night-ish, kind of just getting it over with and get, so making sure we had everything dropped. But we didn't want to uh, record during the, you know, the end of the game. So we thought maybe we'd record at the start of the game. And if we did, we would have missed the whole football game because really the only competition was in the first about four drives we talked about. And by that point, it was 17-7. And, and that was all she wrote. It was a 65-7 finale so i know zach you're uh, you're a big college guy especially when it comes to the national championship we've watched it a couple times together but um do you end up watching the whole game or do you shut her down pretty early no i got uh i gave up at halftime after the announcer like the uh the talking heads like david pollock and uh i think nick saban pat mcafee they're all just basically waving the white flag for for tcu i, I thought <laughs> Yeah, what am I doing here? I got uh, I got other stuff I could do. I could watch paint dry for heaven's sakes. Yeah, I think uh, me and my wife started watching Spider Man, so that's pretty well. That's where we got. To. So it was a little more entertaining than the shellacking they got. So oh and, man, but, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch that game. I know we watched in the past. We we were still the best one I talked about all the time was that uh, that Clemson game where it went back and forth and. I think there was four touchdowns in about 14 seconds. It felt like it was it was unbelievable. Even last year was a pretty good football game. But sometimes this happens when those underdogs make their way in. And, uh, you know, Georgia's powerhouse obviously finished the season undefeated. So hopefully next year we'll see what the expanded, the expanded sorry, uh, college bracket. Who knows? Maybe that Cinderella story, this could happen again, or we could actually see where that Cinderella story uh, comes in and wins it all. So, um, We'll talk college in the continuing weeks here after the NFL season and we start prepping our dynasty leagues and our dynasty rookie drafts and stuff like that. So I'm always excited for that. And that's something that we always look forward to, but we still got some business to take care of as we got the conclusion of the NFL 2022 uh, season here and the Super Bowl uh, a handful of weeks away. So we'll get started with the 22 fresh quick question of the week. And this is our wild card week edition. And as our fantasy championships have concluded, uh, the fantasy or the NFL season has concluded and we start kind of progressing into, you know, our, our thought process for the next upcoming season a little bit. Who is a player that you are probably going to be avoiding drafting this upcoming season in 2023? So we'll start this one off with uh, with Armand and uh, Armand, who's a, who's a player that you're going to try and avoid this upcoming year? So I put down uh, Leonard Fournette as the guy I'm going to be avoiding this next draft season. Um you know, he is getting a little bit older for an RB and this season wasn't the greatest for him. And you saw them use Rashad White more and more throughout the year. And they, they seem to really like White and White has flashed potential here and there in the season. He's showing that he's he's good in all three downs. He's a good runner. He's a good catcher and he can block um, in, in, in the past plays where he's not running routes. So um, I think White's just kind of going to be their their guy moving forward, and Fournette's going to be phased out more and more, if not even completely during the off season. Yeah, he he was a guy that well, there's a lot of question marks coming into the in the season there because he was the lone guy we thought he was good to go. Um, had a couple of nice little weeks, and then the emergence, like you mentioned, Rashad White coming about, and and now now there's a lot of concerns with his name coming into this upcoming off season. Um, this, this next guy that Zach's going to talk about is in a similar situation where we've always had a couple names to talk about. And, uh, one is becoming a, as a free agent this off season. So maybe this is finally an opportunity for us to talk about one name rather than the other. So Zach, who's the guy that you're going to be avoiding drafting this upcoming season? I think as it stands now, um, 
you're, you're drafting Zeke Elliott at your own peril. Um, unless that draft capital is so good that it's just silly to pass up. I think Zeke is somebody that um, if there's any shimmer or luster to his name at this point, it has to be fool's gold. Uh, he finished the season as RB 18. Uh, during the season, he had his lowest total yards of his career, uh, worst yards per attempt of his career. Uh, conversely, though, he did have the second most TDs of his career with uh, 12. But if you get rid of three of those, uh, and you bring him down to nine touchdowns, which is his career average, he would have finished his RB 25. Um, this year also uh, coincided with the, I would say, the complete emergence of Tony Pollard, who who is a, a free agent this offseason. Um. So this has me thinking there, there may be a scenario where they bring Pollard back and he's kind of the unquestioned uh, workhorse. Or they let Pollard go for a big contract, uh, possibly move on from Elliott. There, there are some significant savings if you cut him this offseason. And Dallas may be in the position to draft one of the highly touted uh, running backs in either the first or second round this year. Uh, in the draft. So even if Zeke isn't on the Cowboys, I would not be touching him uh, unless it was too good of a price. The one reason why everybody liked Zeke was because the Dallas Cowboys like Zeke and they just fed him the ball constantly. And we had a very similar conversations to what Zach had just mentioned at the start of the year was, yeah, you know, Zeke might be declining in ability. Tony Pollard looks like he's got a little more juice, but you know the Cowboys are going to force me. So if Zeke ends up leaving, like Zach has mentioned here, and it's going to be an interesting, interesting thought process because I don't think there's any other team that likes Zeke as much as Jerry Jones and the <laughs> Cowboys. So um, my guy, I am not going to be touching, and this might go without saying, but there's a lot of people that kind of forget ver uh, various amounts of variables that are around Alvin Kamara's name. So the first one is the looming suspension. And a lot of people were concerned to draft Alvin Kamara this year because they thought that he was going to be suspended mid-season. Now those, and if you're unfamiliar or can't remember what happened, uh, he got into an assault situation during the uh, during the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, that is still kind of ongoing and will most likely be concluded this upcoming offseason. Um, so there's looking like there's going to be a suspension that will be handed down to Alvin Kamara next season, whether that's at the start of the season, the middle of the season, or like Zeke, we see at the conclusion of the season. We don't know when that's going to happen, but I, <laughs> I'm a betting man. I would be pretty much guaranteed to bet that Alvin Kamara will have his suspension next season. Now, how many games he gets, we don't know. Uh, you can go back at some of the different uh, examples that are similar to Alvin Kamara's scenario and guesstimate how many games he'll get. We just don't know that for sure. The second is that Alvin Kamara has come off the worst fantasy season he has ever had his entire career. And I'm just looking at some of his stats, and it's actually unbelievable to, to know how bad he was. He had a really, really great week against the Las Vegas Raiders, 38.3. But you got to remember, Las Vegas was one of the teams that gave up the most fantasy uh, rushing yards or fantasy points to RBs next to Houston. It was Houston, Vegas, Chicago, and Detroit were kind of in the cluster all season long. Uh, other than that, it was a various amounts of sixes, fours, sevens, and, and boistered by the, the half-point PPR formatting that uh, most of us play in. Uh, so he finished as RB20 on the, on the season, uh, which is incredibly 
frustrating if you were Alvin Kamara owner because maybe you thought even if you got him, you reached in the third round or late second, and you said, you know, I'm going to reach for him and and get a get a steal, even if he does get suspended. He wasn't anywhere near the Alvin Kamara we've seen in the past, and a lot of that has to do with the faltering offense that we saw in New Orleans, the poor quarterback play that we saw, and and the injuries that went with it. Um, so Alvin Kamara is a guy that I think is going to be unless they get, uh, you know, a, a quarterback that can move the offense. Like we saw Taysom Hill outscore Alvin Kamara in a, a lot of formats and a lot of weeks. And that was with with uh, Taysom just touching the ball like twice in the red zone, which is frustrating for fantasy managers. So uh, I would be avoiding him, A, with the regression we've seen, B, the poor offense, and three, the looming suspension. So Alvin Kamara is a guy that I am going to be trying to avoid. Um, going into, uh, let's go insiders and headliners. Uh, we'll get, uh, we'll get things going and then we'll start talking a little bit of, uh, DFS. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So playoffs are set. We got a couple of things. We got chopping day, which is a pretty standard <laughs> uh, insiders and headliners to talk about concluding the NFL season. And then we got the playoffs are set. Um, and this one, like, so we got, I'll go through it. And we'll talk a little bit about how the playoffs shut down there, but we got KC getting the bye in the AFC. They got the one seed. We got Miami versus Buffalo, that two versus seven Miami uh, snuck in that uh, seven spot. And there was a various amounts of teams that could have uh, clinched that last spot. My Miami ended up getting it. Uh, we got the division. So that's a divisional game, even though it's a wild card week. Uh, we got the wild card week divisional matchup. Once again, Cincinnati versus Baltimore. And then we got Jacksonville who defeated Tennessee during that Saturday game to clinch the division and are going to be taking on the number five seed Los Angeles chargers. Uh, in the NFC, we've got the number one seed Philadelphia. They ended up clinching it uh, with their win in week 18. Then we got San Francisco who's taking on Seattle. Uh, Seattle was the team that clinched that seven spot, which absolutely broke my soul. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> I was absolute, like just a grouchy asshole all <laughs> the rest of that Sunday night after watching that Seattle game. Uh, the Minnesota taking on the Giants in the three versus six and Tampa Bay taking on Dallas in that four or five. Um, here's my Detroit Lions talk of the week, but uh, I watched that game of my in-laws and after just like, I was thinking, okay, we got a chance, we got a chance. And then just the most ridiculous turn of events in that last like six minutes to get um, to get Seattle to score a touchdown and then to get them to into field goal range to win the game for him to hit the goal post. And then for Baker to under throw possibly a game winning touchdown for a walk off for the Rams. It was just like incredibly, incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And then uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to watch the Lions Packers game Sunday night, just because I was so pissed off. And I was just like, this means nothing. But then, you know, I was like, you know what? If I have to be upset, so do the Packers fans. So let's go Lions. Let's get a big W. And then, you know, it turned out to be an entertaining game. And uh, I was actually looking at uh, a tweet. I can't, I can't remember who tweeted it, but uh, they said it was the most watched conclusion of the NFL season in, in ever. So even last year where it was Vegas versus Chargers, whoever wins that game goes to the playoffs. This game was still had a higher number of views than that game did which is kind of kind of cool to know even though it was Lions had nothing to play for and Green Bay was in so that was kind of neat um that was one of the more kind of hyped up playoff scenarios and unfortunately it didn't come to fruition I think that would have been super exciting if it was a win and in but um obviously Seattle 
I was cheering for the Lions. Lions won, so Seattle claimed that seven seed. But is what it is. I think uh, I think could have been a lot of fun to watch, but uh, we got some really good matchups, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun for some of this, especially the the divisional type games that are happening in the wild card weekend. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the next one we got is some chopping day stuff. We got two big fires. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, this one kind of came out of left field. I think some people kind of rumored it, but with coming off the big contract he just signed last year, uh, he's still under contract until 2027. So Arizona will be paying him for, for a substantial period, but he was uh, fired from Arizona. And then uh, the Lovey Smith one, this one just makes me chuckle because he had to know he was getting fired from Houston. And by doing so, winning in week 18 on a fleet, like a Hail Mary touchdown to possibly tie the game going for two instead to win the game and then losing Houston's first overall pick was just the best because you knew yeah, Lovey Smith was <laughs> fired on that one and that was a, an awesome turn of events if unfortunately unless you're a Houston fan sorry sorry Brady Wildman if you're listening that uh, sucks to suck but um, but uh, Lovey Smith also getting fired from uh, from Houston anything to mention your fellas I know there's a couple OCs and DCs that have been relieved but uh, not these I think are probably the two bigger names that uh I mean, obviously it doesn't have a huge implication in fantasy. I think the, the Kingsbury one does because maybe actually might see a little bit of creativity happen in Arizona next year. But anything to mention there, fellas? You know, all I got to say is uh, that was the most excited I was for a Detroit victory ever as well. Um, not just the fact that Green Bay didn't get into the playoffs, but the fact that Green Bay finished third in the division Um is is gravy um i was hoping they would be last in the division but if they were last then they probably have the first overall pick which i don't want them to have either so let's hope they get stuck in this like no man's land of not good picks and not making the playoffs yeah one one man can hope eh? you got anything? yeah party you got anything before we move on from the uh from the, i guess this past week yeah just that uh like unfortunately for the for the Texans, uh, their loss was a win for the the Bears uh, as they secured the number one pick, which I think makes this offseason a lot more interesting than it would have been otherwise had the Texans had the number one overall pick. Had the Texans had that pick, it would have been pretty easy and pretty obvious that they would have taken whichever quarterback they preferred. Uh, but now with Chicago having that pick, I think that pick is it's open for business as well as possibly Justin Fields being open for business, uh, depending how the Bears organization feels about uh, these top three quarterbacks in the draft. So I'm I think it makes, makes for a lot more of an entertaining uh, offseason. I'm glad you mentioned that because Twitter is buzzing right now. Um, and, and I know there's um, was an Adam Rank, a big Chicago Bears fan. He's, he's been kind of talking a little bit about it too. And it's, what do you do? Do you trade fields or do you, you trade the number one pick? And that's kind of the, going to be the conversation on the offseason. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Zach. I'm going to ask you guys, what would you do? Do you, do you take trade back and get some assets for somebody that blossomed obviously this season and, and then this rushing quarterback, and maybe, you know, what you got there. Or you want to test the waters by giving them you know, DeAndre Hopkins. We heard that Hopkins is going to be moved this offseason from Arizona as they hit the reset button. Maybe that's a viable option. Or like you said, maybe uh, one of these guys is your guy and then you can move fields on to a team that's looking to rebuild or, or it's too far back in the draft capital to, uh, to get one of these names. So we'll start with Zach. Are you, are you sticking with what you got? Or are you going to go with the new hotness? 
I do like uh, Fields and what he brings to the table, but I think from what we've seen so far, he's kind of a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real life quarterback. Um, so I could I could realistically see them falling in love with a Bryce Young, um, or somebody like that, and then getting a King's ransom for, um, for for Fields. This won't be a situation like Kyler Murray and uh, that other fellow there that got uh, the boot in Arizona. Oh, uh, um, oh, crap. He yeah, from UCLA. Yeah, he's been on nine teams. Yeah. Rosen? Yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh Rosen. Rosen. There we go. Good call, good. yeah. That's, how, that's that, how good of a quarterback he was. Zach didn't even have a clue who he was. Yeah, it <laughs> won't be a situation like that where, where Rosen uh, had no value. Uh, or relatively no value, uh, leaving the Cardinals. I think the Bears would be able to get quite the haul for Fields, and that will just just like trading that number one pick will will serve them well, either getting a meaningful player or two back in the trade, or getting a haul of draft picks where they can build around presumably Bryce Young. You're definitely right. They're in a good position to hit the re- reset button there. And even though it's been a two year process, they traded Roquan Smith. They've they set themselves up into a position here to get that reset, but obviously getting the 101 is going to put them in a, a more substantial position than they would have had as the 102. Armin, are you keeping or are you selling? What are you doing? Oh, I think Zach's kind of right with Fields being a good fantasy QB, but not a great uh, NFL QB in the set mindset of like, is he the generational guy that's going to be winning you, making you a contender year after year? And, um is Bryce Young that guy or whoever else is out there at QB um maybe more than Fields I think I'm on the I'm on the trade Fields side of it as well I think you might be able to uh, maybe get a little bit more of what you want out of that rather than uh trading the 101 but who knows I'm uh I you know what I think I'm on the other side just in a sense where if you ask yourself the question, what do you get more for the 101 or do you get more for fields? And I think you get more for the 101 and you can build around that prospect that you thought was your guy that you went after in the previous draft. And I, I, I do believe they're going to go after and get a, a veteran presence like a Deandre Hopkins or, or maybe they, you know, swing for the fence and try and get like a DJ Moore or somebody that they can try and build around. We've seen it before with Safwan Diggs going and making Josh Allen a superstar. We've seen it happen. I think Chicago is maybe going to take a shot at that and really say, you know, this is our guy. And we know what happens if he's absolutely brutal, he might get the one-on-one again. And there's another good batch of quarterbacks coming around next year. Well, seemingly, you know, we've got, uh, Oh my goodness! Uh, as a US, as a USC fan, I'm completely blanking right now. Um, Caleb Williams. Yeah, thank you, Caleb Williams. Like we got another good batch of cues coming around the corner, so it could be a situation where Carolina once again has, uh, you know, they like Zach had mentioned, they had the, I think they took him in the 108 position, I think, and then they getting Kyler the 101 the following year. But uh, we could be in a situation like that, and you can sink or swim with the guy you got, but you still get a king's ransom for that one-on-one. But I think at the end of the day, this conversation is built around the fact that I don't know if there is a wrong answer, because regardless, you're going to get a ton of draft capital coming back, whether it's for the one-on-one or for um, a a potential promising um, quarterback. So It all depends on what teams are, are kicking the tires, right, and what they have available for you. Imagine this, the Raiders. Because they're getting like it sounds like they're getting off car here. 
the Raiders go for it and give him Devontae Adams. Well, you know, it's very plausible. It's it all depends on what Carr has to say about or sorry, about Adams has to say about Carr moving on, right? And and who they're gonna bring in for their queue. And this is gonna be a fun offseason because there's some queues that are up that uh, the contracts are up, could be on the move, some queues that are available in the draft. And then at the same time, uh, there's a lot of teams that need queues. So who's going to be on the move? What's going to happen? I mean, we're talking a lot of here about stuff that we'd be talking about in the next couple of weeks, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun off season, I think, regardless. So um, transitioning into our studs of the week. Uh, we don't have duds. It's just, we try and keep things short and sweet here on these uh, couple episodes. Um, so my stud of the week, I'm going to go with uh, week 18, uh, Jamal Williams. And there wasn't a lot of guys that had boom weeks in in the sense that there was a handful of guys, your quarterbacks were on top, but for your wide receivers, your RBs, your tight ends, there wasn't many guys that had huge weeks. But Jamal Williams, the icing on the cake to uh, take the W against the Green Bay Packers. And Jamal Williams had a great season, so I kind of wanted to highlight him a little bit too. Uh, but he had 16 carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns. It was pretty automatic. It was almost like James Conner last year when the Cardinals got in the red zone. You knew Conner was going to get a touchdown. And that's what Jamal Williams was this year. Uh, if he got in the red zone, it was either uh, Jamal Williams up the middle touchdown or it was, uh, you know, Jared Goff booting out and somehow a tight end. One of the three tight ends was going to get a touchdown. That was pretty, <laughs> pretty seemingly the uh, Detroit uh, red zone offense. Uh, putting him 19.2 fantasy points. Jamal Williams is a free agent. I do expect uh, Detroit to hold on to Jamal and give him, uh, you know, another contract after uh, he did break the Barry Sanders season's season touchdown uh, record. Granted, he had one extra week than Barry Sanders did, but still pretty neat uh, season for Jamal Williams, who was a guy that's, you know, we knew he was a locker room guy, especially after hard knocks. The, the team, the organization loved him, and he's quite the character. Uh, if you haven't watched any of his interviews, I, I highly recommend going and do that. <laughs> so my side of the week for week 18, uh, final week of the NFL season is Jamal Williams. Zach, you want to share yours? This one, uh, this is a good one. Uh, so my stud was Naheem Hines, uh, running back, but I'm talking about his kick return abilities for the Buffalo Bills um, all week leading up to the Bills-Pats game. Uh, Pat's Twitter was uh, repeating the same refrain. Uh, can't give up an early score. Uh, otherwise, that game's going to get away from you because of all the emotion and excitement uh, from the Bills and the Bills fans, uh, primarily from the uh, positive progression of DeMar Hamlin, uh, his recovery from the injury. And sure enough, opening kickoff goes back for six and the Bills are up 7 nothing, uh before the first minute's even gone by. And later on in the second half, Hines does it again, uh, taking a kick return back for a touchdown. And I have never seen it happen twice in one game, uh, especially not from the same player. So uh, both times, Naheem Hines was vis visibly emotional on the sideline. Um, truly a moment I'm sure he'll never forget. Uh, as many of the people that watch that game will likely never forget either. Just one of those fairy tale moments. Uh, I think you, 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 you know, you mentioned it perfectly, Zach. It was, it was unbelievable. Sorry for your pats. You had to be on the other end of that, but it was definitely a, a an awesome moment. And for everything that that organization had to go through in the last, you know, week or so and change leading up to that game and, and how was it going to happen? And, 
I think you, you hit it. No, if you watched like even like McDermott and you look at Allen, just the emotion on the sidelines was like just it was unreal. And even better that uh, that uh, Demar got to be able to watch the game and be able to live tweet as the game was going on, and just knowing that that uh, they were playing for him in that moment, it, it was it was an it was an awesome experience. Some one of those things that like you said, you just don't forget. Armand, uh, your stud of the week here. I know you're a big fan of this guy, so you had to know this one was coming. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he came back from IR this week and, or was it last week? Sorry. Anyways, came back from IR and he is hitting his stride once again. Five carries for 55 yards and two tutties. Um, not a huge stat line besides the two tutties, but you think about that efficiency, that's pretty wild. Um, it's just, it shows you how dangerous San Fran is. Um, I think I picked them in the early Super Bowl pick um, with Mitchell back now. Debo's come back healthy. Um, McCaffrey, Ayuk. Ah, ah, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But, um, yeah, really loving Eli Mitchell, the fact that they're still using them. They must really like him in that, lot, in that, uh, in that uh, coach's room. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching that team. A great defense. And, you know, the, the Cinderella story of Mr. Irrelevant, if he can win a Super Bowl, <laughs> it would be just unbelievable. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be cheering on San Francisco 49ers for that various reason. Also, people that just love pure chaos because you got Jimmy G who's probably going somewhere else. And you got Trey Lance who they basically threw, threw their future at. And then now Mr. Irrelevant's coming, stepping into that position of who you want Trey Lance to be. It's it's going to make for a chaotic offseason if they win the Super Bowl. So I think there's that little bit in there too. Um, moving into our playoffs, we talked about a little bit. We do our playoff picks every week on the matchups and who we want to take. As we do this one rather quickly. And uh, I guess maybe when we do our bracket challenge, maybe we'll share our full brackets out there so you guys know where our, our heads are at. But um, this one, uh, we got, we'll do the AFC first, then we'll go into the NFC and we'll kind of go through a little bit of a, uh, of who you're taking and why you're taking it. And uh, we'll start with Armin, then we'll go Zach, and then we'll conclude with myself. So the first matchup, we have Buffalo at home taking on Miami in a divisional matchup, even though it is in the wild card week. So Armin, who are you taking in this one? I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, Miami hasn't, they started the season strong, but they they definitely aren't as strong as they have been in the in past few weeks. And uh, I just saw Tua is ruled out already for, for this weekend. Yeah, that's that was their hopeful saving grace, but I think they're doing the right thing by not playing too, especially a he hasn't cleared protocol and just with everything that's going around with my happen Miami this late season, it's I think it's the right decision. Zach, Buffalo or Miami? Uh yeah, Buffalo, just like uh Armin said, uh no Tua, likely no Mostert uh at running back. And Miami is, I believe, I think it's something crazy like one and seven or one and eight in their last eight or nine games. So uh, they are not going in the right direction uh, at the current moment. And to be starting Skylar Thompson at quarterback in a game where points will have to be scored to keep up with Buffalo. I'm not liking their chances. I almost wish uh, Pittsburgh would have made it in over them. 
yeah, just make it a little more exciting. Yeah. They're the exact opposite. Last year, didn't they finish like almost undefeated or something like that? Or like eight of their last nine they won last year? They started 0 7 and finished eight of nine or something like that. I can't remember how it all worked out, but the exact opposite seasons. Um, I, I also went Buffalo. This one's pretty chalk, pretty straightforward. I think that's uh, an, an easier one. Uh, Cincinnati taking on Baltimore in another divisional uh, rivalry. We got Armin. Who are we taking? I'm taking Cincy. Um, that trains are rolling. They're getting hot at the right time, and they got an underrated defense. Um, Baltimore just can't quite hang with what they got. And I think no Lamar Jackson. That makes it a little bit easier, too. Zach, who you got? Yeah, uh, just like Armin said, I am also taking Cincy. Uh, there's a chance that the Ravens won't have either of their top two quarterbacks this week. So uh, big rip there to Baltimore. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. And just a little uh, foreshadow, I'm taking Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl this year. I think it's going to, you know, I think I'm excited to watch them. They think Armin said get hot at the right time. Uh, they were a little bit shaky at the start of the year. Offensive line was another question mark. Uh, but they're just getting hot and, and uh, the offense is clicking. And I think the experience they got last year coming down the stretch and then obviously just coming short in the Super Bowl, they're coming back with a vengeance. And I just want my Joey Burrow uh, rookie card I just picked up there to be worth a little bit more. So uh, jumping on the Cincinnati train there as well, too. This one is going to be a fun one. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars winning their division and the four seed taking on the Chargers in the five seat. Uh, high expectation for the Chargers. I think they were actually my preseason um Super Bowl champion, if I remember correctly. I think I had Chargers versus Rams. But uh, in this one, Armin, are you going Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence or are you going Chargers with uh, with Herbert? I decided to go Jacksonville with this one. I haven't been too impressed with the Chargers all season long. They've kind of been playing less than what their potential is, and I just don't think they're going to find it in, in the playoffs. I think it's going to be Jacksonville continuing on the way they've been going and getting hotter and hotter. Uh, Zach, who'd you go? Yeah, I took uh, Jacksonville as well. Uh, both teams have been hot as of late, but uh, having watched that Jacksonville uh, Titan game uh, just last week, I was, I was pretty impressed with Jacksonville. And I think uh, the Chargers possibly not having wide receiver Mike Williams uh, is going to be a big factor in this game. Yeah, I uh, I took Chargers, but it's not with a lot of confidence. I'll be completely honest with you. I have a hunch that the that Jacksonville could be the team that everybody slept on, kind of like Cincinnati last year, where there was that young team coming in, just getting hot at the right time. Do you believe in them? Do you not believe in them? Can they make some noise? I think that could be Jacksonville this year. But uh, I'm sticking with where I, I, I went with. I, I had the Chargers in mind. Uh, I just think there's a lot of experience on that team. Even though there's not a lot of playoff experience, there's a lot of leaders in that locker room like Austin Eckler who has carried the load all season long and the Chargers have a pretty above average defense um, I know Jacksonville has a lot of youth in there and we haven't really seen Trevor Lawrence take that huge step up in fantasy we've seen him produce but we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence take command in a game that needs to be won um, I know in that Tennessee game Jacksonville did come out with the victory in that one but it was one on the shoulders of that defense not on the offense so I'm curious on how if Trevor, how and if Trevor Lawrence can take that step forward and win the big game, kind of like Joe Burrow did in his uh, in in his sophomore season there. Or sorry, hey, pre pressure makes diamonds, man. Pressure turns carbon to diamonds. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, I'm very hopeful. I, I, if Trevor Lawrence takes that step forward, I've got him in dynasty. I would absolutely love it. So <laughs> you know, this is one. This is one of those games I'm excited to watch. Um, 
like I said, I, I wasn't confident with my selection. I'm going to take the Chargers. But if uh, Jacksonville made a run, it definitely would not surprise me one bit. So moving into the NFC now, uh, we've got San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Once again, another divisional matchup. Um, Armand, I imagine based on your uh, conversation we had earlier there in our studs with Elijah Mitchell, I imagine you're going San Francisco or what? Yeah, you know, it's a big surprise and everything. But yeah, San Fran here, I, I like Seattle. I'd love to see Seattle move on, but uh, I I think it'll be an entertaining game. But uh, San Fran's just got too much firepower. I think by the end of it, it'll be a little out of reach. It won't be close at the end, but I think the game will be entertaining up until that last few minutes. Zach, are you going the same? Yep. Uh, basically from, from this point on, just, uh, ask Armand first and I'll just nod my head. Uh, cause I think to this point we've been the same. Um, yeah, Geno Smith is good, but, uh, the QB there in San Fran is pretty good. So ah, we'll go with San Fran. Where's that didn't, I need that, uh, <laughs> I gotta have that joke, uh, thing queued up, but I want San Francisco as well here too, but. Let's just pull my heartstrings. Let's play. Let's play a game and just make me upset. If this is San Francisco versus Detroit, are you guys smashing the San Francisco button that quickly, or what are you guys thinking? Hell yeah! You're still going San Fran? <laughs> yeah, no, not this yeah. guy. I was going Detroit. They were gonna make a make a run, you guys. I'm telling you, there's not one team that wanted to play Detroit. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers wanted to, and look what happened. So suck on that one. Anyways, I'm going San Francisco as well too. I just they're they're. They're primed up, ready for a run here. They've had an unbelievable stretch. I think they've won like 10 in a row, haven't they? If I'm not mistaken, I think they've won 10 in a row or eight in a row. I saw the stats. It's yeah, they're, they're, they're playing some good football right now. Uh, Minnesota taking on the Giants. Uh, this one is the three versus six matchup. Armand, I imagine, once again, play, uh, this playing with your heart here, we're going Minnesota. <laughs> or, or, are you betting against your boys? No, I'm going with my boys here. Minnesota, yeah. Uh, there's no way the Giants beat Minnesota. Come on. Okay. Uh, Zach, is this just nodding your head as uh has Armin said Minnesota? Or <laughs> what's the what what's the what's your what's your decision? Yeah, we're going we're going mini. I gotta imagine that uh, that stadium's gonna be rocking. Um as this is probably the best team that Mini's had for a little bit. So if Minnie has any hope at uh, making some noise here in the playoffs, it starts this weekend. So picking Minnie. I think this is probably the best matchup they could have gotten in the first round, to be honest. I wouldn't have wanted to play Dallas or Tampa Bay. Um, not San Fran, maybe Seattle, but Giants or Seattle is a very good matchup for Minnie. Um, the only, so I went contrary. I took the Giants in an upset here. Um, the only thing that the Vikings got going for them is that this is a Sunday 3:30 game so maybe that uh maybe, <laughs> maybe Kirk Cousins thinks it's just a typical Sunday afternoon game and it's not actually the primetime big lights game that it actually is um I've just been burnt too many times betting on Kirk Cousins in a big moment and you know the Giants have actually been very very good they had a huge start to the year they faltered in the middle and then they finished well down the stretch and um they're starting to get the run game going not only with Saquon he's we know who Saquon is we know he's capable 
Um, he hasn't put up the huge fantasy points down the stretch, but what it's opened up is the QB run game and those design runs with the quarterback. And Daniel Jones, while well, we saw him in week 17, I think he put up 48 or, or 50 fantasy points. He had a huge week. And it's just because everybody's so focused on Saquon that Daniel Jones has been able to move. And he is, you know, slept on mobile quarterback. Uh, you've also seen the emergence of those wide receivers starting to get healthy. And some of those, you know, less than known names start to step up into those big roles. And they have a pretty good defense too. So I just think um, I, I just refuse to bet on Kirk Cousins. This isn't a Minnesota thing. This is a very much so <laughs> Kirk Cousins thing. So uh, I mean, we've seen it out before. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see it happen again. Sorry, Armin. Uh, going into the next matchup and our last matchup for our playoff pickums, we have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys in the four five matchup. And uh, for a lot of people listening at home, this is a, who do you hate more Tom Brady or the Dallas Cowboys? So uh, <laughs> which one are we taking here? We'll start things off again with Armin. Oh, uh, you know, this, this one, I'm not as confident as, as most of my other picks. Actually, this is the one that I had a bit harder time picking. I went with Dallas here, um, but it's just, you never know with Tom Brady. He could pull it out in any game. If it's close it, with two minutes left, it can go their way. No, You know, like, you just can't count them out. Um, but I think Dallas's defense and their offense, they're just both too strong for their, like, in all facets of the game, I think Dallas is better. It's just that extra little bit of Tom Brady magic that might uh, might make the difference here. Uh, Zach, are you on board with that one? Yeah, but for a totally different reason. Um, I picked Dallas because I didn't want to be the guy that picks all six home teams to win. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to take one visiting team. I took Dallas because my God, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is awful. That's that is a bad football team, and all four teams in that division are bad. I wanted to see Carolina get in because I lo- at least think that they could, you know, make something happen. Just that team is bad. I I watched that that Bucks versus Arizona game, and I watched Tom Brady check the ball down sixteen times in a row to Leonard Fournette until they eventually got even close enough for a touchdown or a field goal to beat Arizona. And it was painful. That's a bad team. Um, but uh, like Carmen said, Tom Brady in the playoffs, there's just, uh, you know, they don't want to be the guy betting against it, but all three of us are on the Dallas train. That's just Tampa Bay is a bad football team and Dallas has the weapons. It's just how bad is Dak going to choke? Because uh, we've seen him very, very much. So Kirk Cousins himself before. So, uh, <laughs> so all three of us are going Dallas on that one. We'll do it again. Once we uh, break down, we'll see how close we are. Uh, but last year we did the DFS and this was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with this for those of you at home that are unaware of this. It's like another way uh, daily fantasy sports. It's a way to be able to play fantasy without playing fantasy. And Armin did it lots throughout the season. I know lots of people that do it throughout the year. Um, I used to do it on the Thursday night football games or the Monday, if I didn't have somebody in the game. Uh, and essentially what it is, is it's a way you have like the premise of it is you have a lump sum of money. And each player is given a dollar amount. And if you want them on your team, that dollar amount comes off your, your lump sum. And you have to create a starting lineup without going over the budget. And that's kind of the, the premise. So guys like Jamar Chase, guys like Justin Jefferson, guys like Josh Allen, they cost a lot of money where guys like Elijah Mitchell, guys like Zay Jones, they cost a little bit less 
So you can play around with your budget to try and put together the optimal starting lineup. That's the nuts and bolts of daily fantasy. And you can go in ones with your buddies for free and cost nothing. You can go in ones that cost two bucks and they can make you a millionaire. But there's like hundreds of thousands of people in there. So the chance of winning it is unlikely. You can go in ones there's 10 people and the number one gets it and you get five grand. So there's different ways you can go in. There's different lots of, of money. So this is something that we've done in the past, had a lot of fun with. I know Armin is probably our, our guy that does it the most. Uh, as I've kind of transitioned away from the DFS into more of just sports sports betting, but it is a lot of fun and it's a good way to do it with your friends. And so the three of us are going to do it. We're not betting any money, but what we're going to do is, is we are betting on throughout the entire playoffs and the loser is going to have to spin the wager wheel. And how this is going to work is if you get first place, you get two points. If you get second place, you get one point. If you get last place, you get zero points. Um, and then at the end, whoever has the least amount of points is going to spin the wheel. So for those of you at home, if you want to participate in the DFS, have a lot of fun. We have our recommendations here and who we got. You're going to notice sometimes there's a little bit of an overlap. If I can give you a piece of advice, sometimes it's okay to play safe if you're playing it with just a, a, a lower amount of people. But if you're in those millie makers, you got to take a big shot and a big gamble. That's going to make you a little bit different. So and ours, we're playing against each other, so they're going to see maybe a little bit of overlap, but uh, we'll start things off with Armin. Who are you starting your fantasy quarterback, and for how many dollars did he cost you? First off, man, you put some pressure on me pretty much saying I'm the resident uh, DFS guy. Now I can't awesome. lose. I lost last year doing this against you guys, so oof. Um, for my QB this year, or for the first week here, I went Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville. Um, he cost me $7,700, which after you hear the other guys pick, he's on a little bit on the cheaper end for the starters, but he's still a guy that can put up a good amount of points. So went for cheap, maybe not as likely to put up big points, but can still do it. Zach, uh, I see we have, uh, you know, our first overlap. Who did you take as your quarterback? I took Joe Burrow uh, for eight grand. Um, I did think about Lawrence, actually. Um, but I think the, the Cincinnati stack that I was able to put together, uh, plus seeing what Burrow did, uh, just this past weekend, um, against the Ravens, I, uh, uh I thought that was too good to pass up. So Joe, Joe, Bur no, sorry, Joe Burrow for eight grand. Just put quotations around exactly what Zach said and then put that in my lineup. Even the part where he said, I thought about Trevor Lawrence, but I went to Joe Burrow because <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I was thinking Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and then I thought, you know, I, I'm going to go with the stack. And then it was just a matter of whether I was going to stack him with Chase or T Higgins. I'll explain who I picked later on and why I picked him. Unless Zach, you know, takes the words out of my mouth and it makes my job easy. So I also went with Joe Burrow for $8,000. Uh, Armand, who are your starting running backs? So in this format, for those of you at home, you have a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defensive position. You can play it on FanDuel. You can play it on DraftKings. DraftKings has one option where you can have like a captain in the smaller lineups and stuff. They have different options. It, there's a lot of ones out there, so have fun with it. But on FanDuel, we went with the standard one just so you know at home. So two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, flex, DST. Uh, so your two running backs, Erwin, who'd you end up going with? All right, so – my Jacksonville trend continues. I went with Travis Etienne for $7,100 and Elijah Mitchell for $5,500. So that Mitchell pick is a bit of a bargain pick, trying to um, make it so I can pick a more expensive guy. 
near the end and you'll see near the end who my expensive guy is that I was trying to save money for. And then Etienne as well, he, he does lower it a little bit. He's a bit of a value, but he's also a value that can hit pretty hard. Um, I think his dollar amount to the amount of points he can put up is, is an incredible value. Um, I see we have another overlap here, Zach. Um, you want to talk about your running backs? You bet. Um, much, much like Armin just said, I do really like Travis Etienne. So I went that way uh, for him being 7,100. And then my RB2 was Kenneth Walker Jr. Uh, for Seattle at 6,600. Uh, seeing the usage that he has gotten in the past several weeks makes me think, even though he is going up against a very stout uh, 49er rush defense, there will be plenty of opportunities for him to get uh, work on the ground. And hopefully I'm able to grease a, hopefully uh, several TDs on the ground. I was very shocked when I was reading the lineups. I was like, oh yeah, standard Armin went ETN and Walker. But I was like, oh, that's Zach's lineup here. <laughs> you guys. Um, I went two different. Uh, so this is where um, me and Zach are going to, you know, hit the fork in the road. Uh, I went with Fournette and Eckler for a lot of the same reasons I talked about in our playoff matchups. If uh, the Chargers are going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Eckler. And he can do it on the ground and he can do it in the air. And we've seen him do it year round. He's been the RB1 on the season. He's had monstrous weeks, especially down the stretch. Uh, and has really carried that Chargers offense, as we've seen. You know, we talked about a little bit of the regression we've seen from the Chargers. So if they're going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Austin Eckler. And I uh, I bargained a little bit down the stretch here, so I was able to spend the $9,000 on Eckler, which is my most expensive player I have on my roster. And then I also went with Leonard Fournette at $6,400. I thought that was a bit of a bargain. I think a lot of people are a little bit concerned about the you know possible two-headed monster there. But at the same time, I talked about that Arizona game and I talked about how I saw Fournette catch the ball 11 times on checkdowns. And uh, if Tampa Bay wants to compete, they're going to have to rely on Fournette and hopefully getting Evans down for another three touchdowns, 200 uh, yard a week, because I, I just don't see Tampa Bay really leading in this one. And Fournette really had to carry the load for Tampa Bay a lot this season. And just the way they've been checking them down, I'm hoping I could PPR my way through this one with Leonard Fournette at $6,400. Uh, three wide receivers we have to put in our lineups. Lots of times you'll see um, the DFS lineups. They will have their quarterback stacked with a wide receiver from their team. I see that all three of us did that, and maybe we'll explain a little bit of why we ended up doing that. So, Armin, who are your three wide receivers you put into your starting lineup? All right. So my first one, huge value pick. Um, trying to lower the salary again for my big guy. DeAndre Carter from the Chargers for $5,700. I figured with Mike Williams out, um, just take a shot in the dark here and and see if I, I get some points out of a guy who typically isn't seen as a strong DFS start, but um, potentially could. Um, the next one is Debo Samuel. Due to him being injured and not having the greatest season so far, his DFS value has dropped down to $6,900, which is a huge value for a guy like Debo Samuel who could explode and put up a ton of fantasy points. So that's why I went with Debo Samuel. When I saw his name there in that price range, I smashed that one because I was like, you know what? This could be a huge game changer if he hits. Um, and then lastly, my third receiver is my stack, and that is Christian Kirk at $7,500. Um, 
like Jordan and Zach have been saying, you want the stack in DFS. Um, it just kind of gives you an advantage if both your or if if that team does well and you can get the points off both guys. Um, and I went with the cheaper stack, but uh, you know what? I'm happy to have the wide receiver one for Jacksonville rather than the other guys who ended up having to go with the wide receiver two for Cincinnati for their stack, giving away a little bit of who they picked. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zach, you want to share your wide receivers? Yep. Uh, so my wide receiver one was CD Lamb at 8,100. Uh, wide receiver two, uh, T Higgins, 7,600. And wide receiver three, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, the wide receiver for the New York Giants. Uh, Lamb to me seemed like somebody that will be getting uh, continuous volume like he has most of the season. Uh, Higgins is the, the stack, the pairing with him and Burrow made a lot of sense to me. Uh, just seeing what Higgins has done lately. And he is somebody that I think whether it is inside or outside of the red zone does get plenty of looks for touchdowns. So hopefully that connection pays off. And then Isaiah Hodgins is somebody that I'm sure, uh, Armand may still be having nightmares of. Uh, from the last time the Giants played the Vikings where he had 12 targets for eight receptions and a touchdown uh, just two weeks ago. Hopefully this matchup is exploited again. And one of the cheaper players on my roster pays off in a big way. So I like that you mentioned Hodgins because I really wanted to get Richie James in my starting lineup because in that same game, he had a huge week as well. Uh, and he's another guy that we've seen come down the stretch. And I talked about how I thought maybe possibly the Giants could upset Minnesota in this one. And it's going to have to be on the back of Daniel Jones and airing it out. And then as well, Saquon really uh, taking a step forward. But uh, when I looked at it, Hodgins was 64 and Richie James was 61. And I could have got a guy like Gabriel Davis for 62. So for an extra 100 bucks, I thought Gabriel Davis was a much more safer play, especially with a higher upside. We've seen what Davis has done in the playoffs before. It included a massive performance and several, several touchdowns. So I looked at my lineup. I went kind of in the middle tier. I didn't go with one huge stud and like one real bargain hunter. I kind of went kind of down the middle. But my big guy was T. Higgins with the stack, kind of similar to Zach had mentioned. I think that uh, Baltimore's primary coverage is going to go against Jamar Chase, which is going to leave T. Higgins to be open uh, for more fantasy points. That was my mindset. It also helped that T. Higgins was substantially cheaper than what Jamar Chase was. So it, that was kind of part of my mindset in taking T. Higgins as my wide receiver one. I mentioned Gabriel Davis as my wide receiver two. And then for the similar reasons that Armin had mentioned DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Carter, I'm taking Josh Palmer. Uh, we've seen in the absence of Mike Williams, Josh Palmer to be exceptional. Uh, there's some times where um, we had those really big weeks. And then we've also had seen a pretty safe floor uh, from Palmer when Mike Williams is out. If Mike Williams does play, this becomes a little more sketchy, but we have seen Palmer to be uh, have some nice little relevance when Mike Williams is out as well, too. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. If Mike Williams plays, there might be a little bit of tinkering that happens with that Palmer pick. If, um, if T if, sorry, if Williams is out, my lineup will be completely solidified there. So that's where I, my thought process similar to Armin's with DeAndre Carter pick. I went with Josh Palmer. 
Uh, going into the tight ends, uh, Armand, <laughs> I, I, I like your team. It's just so funny because this is, if I could handpick Armand's starting lineup on his fantasy team, I think these are a lot of the names that would be in his starting lineup. So uh, let's hear your tight end there, Armand. All right. My tight end is Dalton Schultz for $6,200. Um, he is a decent value pick with uh, no uh, Kelsey this week. Uh, there's not a huge advantage at the tight end position with any one guy. And I figured that Dallas uh, game is going to be better offensively for a top end uh tight end rather than uh San Fran, who we're kind of thinking is going to have, have their way with uh, Seattle and also has so many mouths to feed. And I already have Mitchell and Debo Samuel and then Baltimore are playing Cincinnati. Um, I just don't see uh, Andrews being able to really explode. Whereas I think Schultz could explode a little bit more, or has a bit more opportunity to against uh, that uh, awful Tampa Bay uh, team that we were just talking about. So um, went with a name value there um, compared to you guys. Uh, Zach, who did you end up going with? So I went with, uh, to finish, to yeah, finalize or to finish the stack, uh, I added uh, Hayden Hurst for 5,100. And it was this position that made me pivot actually off of uh, Jacksonville stack of Lawrence, Kirk, and uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, I won those three, and I just couldn't make it work with the players I had. So I went with Burrow with Higgins and the much, much cheaper uh, Hayden Hurst, which was a, which allowed me to make the other decisions that I wanted possible. So Hurst is uh, admittedly a pretty poor dart throw, I think, but he's also somebody that in the red zone, he could get a real uh, chintzy touchdown, which is all you're looking for, I think, at the, the tight end position. I uh, I went with a guy that struggled down the stretch the last couple of weeks uh, and mostly talking about week 17, 18. Um, but uh, he's had some big weeks and has become a trusted uh, recipient for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I went with Evan Ingram, who has sneakily finished as the tight end number seven on the season. And he's had some monstrous weeks looking at 282 uh, would be his best week. And then he's had some, you know, steady ones where he's around that 11, 10, 12. Now, obviously, depending on your tight end premium, whatever, those numbers would be a little bit higher. So we've seen it happen. And at a, a price point of 5,700, uh, he was one of the lower end uh, price points. But when the rubber hits the road, we've seen Evan Ingram have that target share and be pretty good. And that Chargers defense uh, does or sorry, is the 14th worst in the league. So bottom half against the tight end position. So when Jacksonville needs to win, if they can take away the run game, then they're going to have to pass the ball a lot more. And Evan Ingram is a guy that has earned the trust of Trevor Lawrence. So it's once again, like Armin mentioned, it's kind of a crapshoot at that tight end position this week. Uh, if you, that's where, you know, a lot of winning lineups is they hit big on a bargain tight end. That's where you see a lot of those starting lineups. Uh, so I'm <laughs> much the same as Zach uh, hitting the, you went 5,100, I went 57. Uh, I want Evan Ingram. Now, where Armin spent the mucho big bucks uh, in the flex position. Armin, who was your big spender of the week? All right. My big spender is my guy, Jay Jeff, Justin Jefferson from my Vikings for $9,000. Um, you know what? Uh, a bit of a homer pick here, um, but 
he also is one of the best in the business. He is the wide receiver one from this season. Um, and you know what? Just got to have him. Uh, Zach, who'd you go with? Actually, you know what, Zach? This is a guy that I really wanted to get in my lineup and overlooked it and never did. And, and now I'm just looking at yours, just wishing I did. So let's talk about your first. <laughs> Uh, so I took Jeff Wilson running back for the Miami Dolphins at six grand, a relatively cheaper option. Um, and he's somebody now with Raheem Mostert missing practice today on Wednesday. It is unlikely that Mostert plays. And if he does, that broken thumb is going to be a hindrance to him. So I'm expecting Jeff Wilson to get a lot of touches this week, uh, both on the ground and through the air. Uh, especially considering Skylar Thompson may be resorting to some checkdowns against the Buffalo Bills. And for that exact reason, I wish I got him in my lineup. So well done, Zach. You were the only one to take him, and I really regret not getting it. Um, I went with Tony Pollard at 6,900. There is an explosiveness that Tony Pollard possesses that Zeke does not. We talked about it at the stop of the episode there when, when Zach was talking against Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and Pollard had an incredibly good fantasy season at 6,900. I thought he was a bit of a bargain in comparison to some of the other names that I was trying to float around into my starting lineup and maximize my dollar amount. And uh, Tony Pollard has an opportunity to get a lot of fantasy points against a poor Tampa Bay team. Uh, you know, we've seen Dak struggle in some of these bigger games, these bigger moments. So I can see that Dallas might want to transition and start uh, heavy on the ground. And you might see that Tony Pollard can snap off that 65-yard touchdown like we've seen him done several times in the past. So uh, I was trying to maximize dollar amounts and trying to get my best bang for my buck. I really like the upside of Tony Pollard in this matchup. So that's where I ended up going with my flex. Now, wrapping everything up here, this was where it can get real ugly real quick. Uh, lots of times, I don't know about you guys, but uh, defense is kind of what do I have left over and I plug it in there. Uh, and that's kind of where I ended up with this one, but with a little bit of thought process. Um, but we'll go into our DSTs. Uh, Armand, last position, who do you got? You know, first off, I want to say that Tony Pollard pick is, is sneaky good. I'm proud of you, Darren. Good job. Thank you as your resident <laughs> DFS manager. Thank you. <laughs> um, for me, actually, I, I go D defense first and what i do is i i try and find the cheapest defense that i'm satisfied having in my lineup that i that i am not upset that i have to pick them and then i put that one in so that i'm i'm going cheap but also i'm not like oh i have to take the team that's playing buffalo gross so i went with jacksonville for my uh my uh pick here at $3,800, uh, nice and cheap, but uh, still happy to have them because I think they're going to be on the winning end there. And you know what? They just won them a game not too long ago. You know, it's recent history. That's true. Zach, holy big spender on this one, eh? Let's talk about your DST. Almost his most expensive player. Yeah, it's <laughs> up there. It's for, up for the guy who who claims that DST should be taken out of fantasy. It almost it's it's almost the same price as your tight end. That's impressive, Zach. Yeah, and I think uh, if this game goes the way I think it's going to go, this will only bolst, bolster my argument why uh, defenses and special teams can sometimes be op uh, when it comes to fantasy football. 
The Buffalo Bills are the most expensive defense this week at five grand, but they are going against Skylar Thompson. So really, Buffalo could be like six grand and it would still be a steal of a deal. Um, I don't think there's any chance that Buffalo puts up any meaningful, significant points, or rather that Miami puts up any meaningful, significant points against Buffalo this week. And I'm just hoping that Buffalo can get a couple of defensive scores or uh, interceptions. Or take two punt returns back or kickoff returns. Seen that happen <laughs> once or twice, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, I'll be honest, the more I look at Zach's lineup here, the more I'm like, oh, man, that's going to be danger down this week, I think. But um, I talked about before, I think the Giants have a chance to upset the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, Kirk Cousin can Kirk Cousins himself. And if he does, that's going to be on the promise of the New York Jets or sorry, New York Giants defense. Um, 3,700, they are very cheap. Uh, they were one of, like Armin said, one of the lower end defenses without really scaring myself and having to put Miami in the starting lineup. Um, I do have, and I have picked the New York, uh, the New York Giants to win this game in my bracket. So I'm putting my eggs in that basket. I don't have any other players in my starting lineup. So I was get that defense in and hope that kind of like how Armin said Jacksonville last week against Tennessee, I used it with their defense. I'm hoping the Giants can do the same. That kind of concludes it for this week. Uh, obviously, this is going to be a lot of fun. We'll keep you up to date with our DFS. It's a way for us to compete against ourselves and add a little bit extra content into the week. Uh, we have the playoffs coming up here. I'll mention it once again that we have the playoff bracket challenge for the charity bowl or for the for our charity of the year, Jim Pattison Children's Hospital. If you want to get on board with that and obviously help out a charity in doing so and winning some cool prizes, that's awesome. Uh, in future episodes, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jim Pattison Children's Hospital and our Super Bowl party that we've done in the past that we'll be uh, doing again this upcoming year. It's a lot of fun, a great opportunity to make some money for a good charity, but uh, we're running a bit long this week. So we'll talk about that in future episodes here. So anything to mention here, fellas, before we wrap this one up? No, let's uh, let's go hit some DFS. Yeah, Armand, uh, I imagine you'll be just as stressed watching uh, your Vikings playoffs as I was watching that Seattle game. So maybe may easy breezy. On your soul. <laughs> easy breezy. They're going to have it wrapped up by halftime. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's. <laughs> another way uh, that'll that'll do it for uh for our episode here episode number 76 uh have some fun you guys this is you know they say lots of times you watch the watch the playoffs to get stress-free football but if you get in the dfs and stuff there's always a way to be stressed out about watching football so have fun this week you guys uh hopefully everybody's in the charity uh charity bracket challenge you have something to cheer for as well take care everybody talk soon and uh enjoy some football